Inside Westminster, Chapter 212, Over the Line. Nifty Kadvar, Home Secretary, had survived much worse. After all, she had been subjected to years of bullying and name-calling throughout her schooling in a nice suburban girls' school. It was hell, pure and simple, she'd often admitted to her husband, Max Allen, but I don't tell my parents, as they, they'd have been heartbroken. Why's that, my love? Alan had quizzed. Well, it was what they, they'd dreamed of and strived for all their adult lives, Cadwell would say, adding, their precious daughter having the opportunity to make something of herself. Well, you certainly did that, and some. He laughed. You know, loyalty is a big thing in my family's culture, she said, continuing and that's why I hate any betrayal of the PM. Is that why you went for, what's his name, you know, the chair of that defence committee, asked Alan. Yes, replied Cadvar. It's not only disloyal, but ungrateful too. I mean, his position is entirely due to Potty putting his name forward. Alan not only loved his wife, he admired her strength of conviction, asserting on many occasions that in a crisis you'd want Nifty as your wingman. Meanwhile, the PM had just jauntily wished the country a merry little Christmas in the latest Covid briefing to the nation. Little meaning limit the number of households to three and the total number of festive days allowed was to be five. The two scientists accompanying the PM looked disbelieving and glum. But behind the scenes, Potty had felt decidedly unsettled, as the scientists had been saying for a while that there was a huge risk in allowing the nation to let go due to the possibility of the lightning spread of emerging and even more dangerous variants. At least two had been identified recently, but he couldn't be the one to announce the disappointment of cancelling Christmas or anything so drastic. And, of course, that is exactly what had to happen, eventually, after much dithering and yet more delay. Honestly, if the PM hadn't felt jinxed before, well, this latest twist in the long and dangerous Covid tale would certainly quash any doubt. The gods had definitely got it in for him, and consequently this great nation which was enduring his hapless leadership, and he was continuing to pay ahead of a price. On Saturday afternoon, an emergency briefing took place in which all of London, the south-east and parts of the east of England were put into the latest Tier 4 measures. Couldn't risk the toing and froing of passing these drastic measures through Parliament, so left the announcement till after the start of recess, Potty admitted during his evening phone call to Mandy after the briefing. This is going to come back and bite you, Mandy had declared. I mean, you'll forever be remembered as the PM who cancelled Christmas. Potty groaned. All he'd wanted to be was popular, was a popular PM, beneficent and generous, with the icing on his cake being that he'd actually got Brexit done. Oh, and by the way, why did you encourage people to make arrangements over a five-day period, surely knowing that it would inevitably all come to ratchet? Quizmandy, Mandy, who had the knack of getting straight to the nub of any issue. Politics, my dear, politics, was all Potty could muster by way of response. 
And what are our arrangements going to be for Christmas? Mandy asked with more than a little sarcasm in her voice. She wasn't going to find out that evening as her bear had nodded off in the armchair by the fire. Mandy was beginning to wonder how long Potty was going to remain as PM. So much had happened since she'd first had the notion to trap her bear. And so much was exactly the opposite to what she'd planned. On the positive side, he'd actually become Prime Minister. So she was the First Lady, sort of. She'd got the baby. She was, at least, engaged. On the negative, she wasn't married yet. The Premiership had turned out to be not had not turned out to be the social world she'd hoped for and the pandemic had killed any joy in being on the arm of the King Pin. Is it worth staying, she'd started to think. Is he worth it? She'd have to bide her time and make a considered judgement, but not yet. All still may be made good if only Potty could be crowned king of a fine Brexit deal and everything in that direction was still up for grabs. At least now only the blasted EU fishing demands stood in the way. And then at midnight French time, that little Gallic man closed all French borders to both people and freight, anything, that is, that could possibly have been touched by English hands, and that included post, so many belated Christmas missives and presents were to be stuck in London's sorting offices. A last-minute briefing to the nation was hastily arranged and Potty, his Churchillian moment upon him, flustered and floundered, assuring this great nation that food would still be on our Christmas tables, even if those tables would have just one solitary sitter. As most freight did not come to our ports on the backs of lorries driven by a human being, it came winging its way through the air. The transport secretary claimed numbers of lorries queuing for the Channel Tunnel had been reduced from over 500 to 190. How? By simply putting them in all in vast car parks designed for the impending post-Brexit no-deal road haulage catastrophe. But somehow the nation was no longer listening as they were... Very as the very next day, pictures of thousands of lorries stacked up illuminated the front pages of all the papers. Meanwhile, Kent had become a lorry park, denied, of course, at the now, once again, regular briefings to the nation, where the figure of 170 lorries queuing was given. What? Joe Bloggs, who lived in a terraced house on the outskirts of Dover, shouted at his TV screen. Just come and look out of my window. And by the way, my front garden is being used as a toilet. In the midst of all the chaos, it was announced that the French president had caught a dose himself and would thus be self-isolating. And so the utter despairing turmoil rumbled on and everyone feeling, with everyone feeling as though they were nearing the end of ten rounds in the ring with a prize fighter. Mandy had managed to get back to the flat in Downing Street just in time to organise rudiments of a Christmas lunch as even she couldn't actually allow herself to bear the responsibility of forcing Potty to spend Christmas on his own without baby Hector. Can we call a truce, she'd suggested, continuing, and not mention politics, Brexit, cancelled arrangements, anything? Potty laughed his agreement as he'd just received a phone call from Priscilla saying that the Commission had finally agreed on the slightly rejigged deal.
Are you sure you don't want to be the first member of this great nation to know the splendid news? Sparkled Potty, quaffing his first celebratory glass of bubbly. Please don't joke around, Potty. I'm just not in the mood, responded Mandy, who, like everyone else, had almost given up on any idea that the German cavalry would be riding over the hill to joust the French knights off their high anti-Brexit horses. We've got a deal, Potty whooped. Mandy nearly dropped baby Hector. She was so overcome with emotion, tears of relief welled up in her eyes as Potty brimmed with self-congratulatory glee. The French caved in, then, quizzed Mandy. Not exactly, explained Potty. I just think common sense finally prevailed. It's not perfect, but it'll certainly do. And with that, he prepared his address to the nation. This, on Christmas Eve, was something he was certainly going to enjoy. <laughs>